Hi, I'm Andy Ely, Senior Funeral Director with G Seller Independent Funeral Directors. We've been serving bereaved families since 1910. I'm sure you're all well aware there's lots and lots of different myths, misconceptions and taboos surrounding what goes on within the funeral profession. And we've decided to put this series of podcasts together to try and answer some of those questions and of course dispel any of those myths. So please do like, share and subscribe and send the questions, send them to liftingthelid at gseller.co.uk and we will do our absolute best to answer them for you. It genuinely is our family caring for your family. Today's episode is slightly different. My colleague Amy will be acting as host and taking the lead on the questions. We have a special guest, Marlin Anderson. You may know her from Love Island, but also in her own right, she's an author, a motivational speaker, and in her own words, healing the world one bit at a time through her own trauma. So I'm going to hand over to Amy. Thanks, Andy. So we're joined with the wonderful Marlin Anderson. Um, Marlin's had a lot of highs in her life, and that's also been coupled with a lot of lows. She's had a lot of tragedy, a lot of upset, and a lot of close losses. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Marlin to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thanks for being here. It's great to see you. So um, some of our listeners will absolutely already know who you are. They'll know your story inside and out. There'll be a handful of people that may know of you and know some things that they've seen through the news and press. And then there'll be some of our listeners that won't know anything. But I think there's so much about you that they can relate to you. And I think you'll very much connect with a lot of our audience. So let's just take things back, like back to the very beginning for those people that don't know you. Tell us a bit about you, where you're from, your family and, and kind of where, where, where you are today. Yes. So my name is Marlin. Um, I was born in Sweden and I moved yeah. to England when I was about three years old. Um, my dad passed away when I was 11 months old. So I don't remember him. But my mum brought me and my sister to England. Um, and yeah, I've had quite a strange life I think um I was cabin crew for years and then I came back because my mum got ill um and I went on Love Island um no sorry she had breast cancer when I was nine years old and then it came back 11 years later mm-hmm. um and then she had it removed her breast and um the same time she had stomach cancer growing wow. inside her stomach and it was stage four already um and that was just after I came off the show literally I think six months wow. um and then she died within quite a quick short frame of time within like three months um and then yeah it was a bit of a whirlwind because I because I cause just come off the show I was navigating life and then that happened and I was like ah oh, what's going on and then um I met my ex I think literally a few months after my mum dying yeah he was absolutely awful and abusive um and I became pregnant quite quickly with yeah. him and then um Baby Concy was born about six weeks early, six weeks yeah. premature. Um, and then she got administered to Great Ormond Street because she had a heart condition. Yeah. But she survived for a month and then she passed away. And then her dad went to jail for domestic abuse. <laughs> I'm laughing. So a lot like... of trauma and a lot of, yeah. and a lot of heartache in like such a, yeah. short, like such a short period and of time. And then the years after kind of post that is just me navigating through life and getting through grief and healing and taking a journey time, to heal. Yeah, yeah, massively. So let's just rewind right to the very beginning with like your first loss. So dad, 
Yeah. So dad passed away when you were 11 months old. Yeah. So how old was your sister at that point? So my sister was about nine years old and she was very close with him. So, so she, she took has it. a lot of memories. Yeah, a lot of memories. And my two older brothers have memories too. Yeah. Um, he died of skin cancer. He had it three times and it spread to his bone. Wow. Yeah. So he was already put really poorly when he, you were when you were born. Yeah, and he told my mum, he goes, tell Marlon that I held her when she was born so she remembers that. And that's the only kind of thing. And I've got videos oh. off of, what was the camera? You know those like, yeah. old school. Like a Polaroid on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Press yeah, the button, yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> 20 pictures in a film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, mum used to tell me little stories like that. But other than that, I have no, no clue who he is, really. So at what point did you feel like hang on a minute, I don't have a dad, I don't have these, I don't have these memories. Did you ever, did you ever get delayed grief from, from that, from not knowing him and from um, living, trying to get to know him through your siblings and through mum? Did you ever feel a sense of loss or was it because it's always been the norm? There's never been that feeling? I think going through school when I was younger, I used to find it weird that everyone else had a dad and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand that. So lower school, middle school and upper school. And I think me not having a father um, also gave me a really, it, it carved a b bad path of unhealthy, toxic yeah. relationships and attracting men that were abusive because I she think I wanted seen. love. And I didn't understand what it was from like, you know, yeah. a father giving me a hug, that yeah. kind of thing. And like seeing mum and dad together yeah. and like yeah. that relationship form yeah. and like, okay, this is Exactly that. Is, yeah. And so, yeah, I think the loss kind of, I understood it more when my friends had both their parents and I was like, oh, but I wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah. So what age did it start to become apparent? When you were uh, in reception, like four, five? Yeah, yeah I'd say that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Around more, around more children. I remember like... saying, Mum, I miss Daddy, but I didn't even know him, so why was I saying that? Do you know so, what I mean? Yeah. But there's always a soul connection. He's my dad, you know, it's in the, in the genes, in the DNA. Yeah. So did you ever feed off any emotions from, like, how Mum was feeling from loss of Dad or, like, your siblings, and then you think yeah, they then became 100%. your feelings? Yeah, my mum was very depressed. I think she didn't want to tell us, but she suffered with depression and mental health. She tried to kill herself in front of me quite a few times when I was a young kid. I remember it. Oh, my God. And I think she took... She, I mean, she had to raise four children on her own. She moved to England, and she struggled a lot. And it's only... That's the healing I've done as an adult, is yeah. that childhood trauma of me taking on my mum's feelings and emotions as a, as a young kid and trying to help her because yeah. they're our caregivers. We wouldn't, we shouldn't be helping them, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, reverse yeah. roles. So I've been undoing a lot of that. You don't appreciate what they do to you until no, like you're either, you're yeah. either walking a little bit of the same path yeah. as you've got children you can, and you can kind of yeah. put things into place and that jigsaw yeah. forms a bit of a better picture. Yeah. So with that and being at school and carrying like some of these emotions, did you ever get any help through school? Was there ever any support? Was there no. any, like, Marley may have been naughty and it could be triggered by this or a loss of somebody? Was there... No, and I remember being around eight years old when my mum got diagnosed with breast cancer and I was really upset, upset and sad. Yeah, yeah. But there was nothing in the school. I'm, I'm trying to think now. There was nothing to help me or yeah, understand. And, and I think it's, like, such a big gap at the minute. I mean, mm. we're trying to combat it and going into schools and training the like teachers and the pupils because mm. it's not just like you're in isolation feeling a loss of sadness yeah. aren't you or you know like mum's poorly you've got in your little mind you're trying to deal with all those yeah. emotions the teacher's not too sure how to respond to you in yeah, those emotions exactly. and then and then your friends around you because it's like oh why aren't you happy today oh, come on mm. she, was, she was fine yesterday like why would she why would she yeah. be sad why would she be sad today so I think there's a lot to be said for like help in schools and it's yeah, sad definitely. to hear that 
you didn't you didn't get that at that at that yeah point. I think back in the day though I think this is a lot different but I don't I don't know what's yeah. going on in schools now with that either to be fair there's definitely a little bit more going on yeah. I think it's like more spoken about especially mental health mm. since kind of covid times mm. I think it's kind of come to the fore yeah massively um mental health mental illness it's all kind of intertwined isn't yeah. it um but then kind of the loss of people and everything that's fed into that so. yeah true yeah so mum a true warrior in your life yeah she's a strong strong yeah. woman and um, fiery character and um, yeah she she did a good job she so was it mum from sweden or mum's from, from sri lanka dad sweden. Sri lanka. yeah 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 and um, yeah so when i think about it she she was ill pretty much my whole life from so. from a child you know breast cancer recovering chemo and then you you know being on medication her whole life in and out of hospital checkups and then so how did how did she do that looking after herself looking after four children and going to work because she yeah, went to work as well like in, yeah in between I, points I don't know I honestly don't know and looking back I'm like geez you know She's like a true warrior yeah you, yeah and she say. just put on a brave face and got gone with it Bless her. So she came out into remission. She was then... Yeah, she was clear okay. for how many years? Well, 20, 20 years, I think. 20, 25 Amazing. years she was clear. And then, yeah, just came back. But it's, it's, a, it's a funny one, cancer. Yeah. She did. She took HRT tablets when she was younger and yeah. well, hormone replacement. Yeah. And because none of my aunties had it, it, it was it was it a weird something thing. that kind no. of like came So it was a shock when yeah. she did have it. How did you and your siblings kind of react differently to mum being... Poorly, or we um, were all very similar in the fact that you were all quite different. My brother lives in LA, so he came out, he flew out and stayed when my mum was ill. And um, my sister, yeah, she's down the road, so she came to visit my brother in London. He was a bit of a different one, he didn't want to go to, well, on the day of a funeral, he was all ready to go, and then he just went and slept in her bed upstairs and didn't want to come to the funeral. He just stayed in her room in her bed. So, who planned her funeral? Um, my stepdad at the time. Yeah. So did you and your siblings have any involvement in yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit, but he mainly did most of Everything. it. Everything? Yeah. So you don't remember kind of the, the, final, no. the final details of the planning and all the logistics that come? No. That come with it? No. So you're sheltered from that, which in some yeah. ways I think is great, isn't it? Like, you yeah. Know, so you can actually spend that time and grieve and grieve mum. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side, for some people, it's like part of the healing process, isn't it? You know, going through all the smaller details and yeah. like planning and planning everything. You've obviously been on a on a massive journey already, like up to up to that point. You've lost you've lost two people. Then um you then lose a friend from who who's on Love Island with mm. you. How does how where how does that compare to what you've already to what you've already been through? A completely different loss. Yeah. Someone that you're not seeing every day or are seeing every day? You know, I wasn't seeing every day. Or maybe every few months or so. Mm -hmm. And it's a shock, especially when it's suicide and you had no clue that they were suffering yeah. in their own mind. And there's a lot of kind of regret where you think, oh, God, I could have helped her, but then I wasn't to know. And when you grieve a friend, it's, it's, it's a different kind of feeling, but it's still grief, isn't it? Yeah, massively, massively. So were you friends with her? Were you friends with her before the show? Was it a friendship that you got through no, the, through through the, the show? show yeah. And then, and then, yeah. and then like, do you ever speak to any of her family and friends? No, now? no, they were quite... Uh, closed about closed it. Closed about it, oh yeah. That's fair enough, yeah. bless her. And then we move on to your beautiful baby. Yeah, yeah. little Pimpsy. <laughs> bless her. 
Let's just go back to the beginning. So was baby Conci planned? Like, was she... Was no, she no, she wasn't planned. No, not at all. She was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Bless her. So surprise baby and I know that you've had because you've spoken openly before about um, eating disorders believe me anorexia I get that I've been there um, at one point in my life how did you feel about your body changing and growing and growing a little person because I think that's quite an interesting point to talk on because I know that when I was pregnant um, that that shift in my mind was the fact of like I'm here I've got to be fully functioning for this little person that I'm growing it's not about me anymore it's completely about this little person where did where did you sit in in Um, all of that it was weird because it was all new to me it was the first time I'd been pregnant and my body was changing but I was in a very volatile relationship so I didn't put myself first then anyway because I was with someone that was abusing me if that makes sense so I don't think I actually put myself first I mean, I ate well, I wasn't bothered that my body was changing, I found it beautiful. Um, and I thought, you know, oh, it's a blessing because my mum has just died and this is a sign, da 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 She's like, she's meant to, like, yeah, she's meant to be here. That's why I named she's... her after my mum. <laughs> yeah, bless her. So, so you didn't actually, you didn't feel like you enjoyed that No, the pregnancy was awful, journey. terrible, yeah. Awful. So at what point, so she had a rare heart condition, as you said, right at the very beginning. Yeah, At what point did you know that? Well, I didn't at all. The whole pregnancy was fine. Every scan was fine, every checkup, and then just suddenly one evening she just stopped moving. And then um, I was like, oh, I need to go to the hospital. And then they were like, we need to take her out, emergency C section. And then, yeah. As sudden as that. Yeah. So you didn't even get, so you didn't even get a chance to kind of enjoy pregnancy, and then no. you didn't even get the chance to go through the, no. like, every birth complete, every birth completely yeah. different, isn't it? We didn't even get the chance to do that. So when she's then born, talk me through. Talk me through that. So a rushed cesarean? Yeah, it was rushed yeah. and she was taken. I didn't even get to hold her or see her. And then we got transported to two different hospitals and then ended up at Great Ormond Street. And did you travel with her at every point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just took my... like I, was, I had a C-section. I couldn't even walk, but I got in the wheelchair and was like, I'm going. <laughs> but it's funny that you do all of a sudden that, like, yeah, internal instincts, like, right, I'm here, I'm showing up, yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing whatever I need to do. And, yeah, and then I lived at the parents' accommodation for a month and went to basically, I was just with, by her side every day, watching her up and down, up and down, okay one day, not the next, until I was in such denial about it. She looked like a swollen, like I couldn't even describe how she looked like, oh, off meds so. and everything, where even if she did survive, she would have had severe brain damage through all the medications that was being put through her body. Yeah, it was mental. So what support did you get when you were in the hospital and then you, you know, you stay, like you stay in there, um, were, were the nurses good with you? Did they, yeah, talk, they, did they plan that, that she may not live forever? They or? were just quite, each day was different. So they'd just yeah. comment on how the day was going, not the future. Uh, they had a family liaison, you know, which was, a, they were yeah. fine. Um, yeah, not really much to say on that. I think it was it was okay. It was. A... Does it feel a bit of a blur? Yeah, I don't looking, really remember much like, of looking, that. Looking back, mm. I bet I bet massively because they've never they never kind of said to you, "We don't think she's going to be here and have a long a long life." Did I guess you never thought about a funeral for her? No, no, not at all. So, at what point did that did that come into the mind, or was that literally one? It when didn't she, even. When she passed, and even when she passed, I was like, I'm not organising anything. Someone else can do it. I didn't even want to like, like defences up, like yeah. So uh, her dad's aunties organised it and did it all. So. Did her dad? Ha, did her? Was her dad with you whilst you were in hospital? Not all the time, no. 
No, he was with his other children back home. <laughs> so, so I always find it interesting, like, you know, we're privileged to, like, carry our children and have our, and we have yeah. a connection with these little Different, people. Different, yeah. And then the men, they're kind of there, but not there. They're yeah. connected, but not connected. Mm. There's, there's this closeness because it's their baby. Yeah. But then they're so far away because they haven't felt the heartbeat or the kids yeah. or, the, or the movements. So I always find it interesting on how he coped. Do you, do you know, do you remember how he coped? Like, was there ever any... Was there um, any conversation? Was, did, did that... He was quite closed. So before we start talking about the, the funeral side of things and, and that's that point of time, what comforted you through hospital? Was it friend support? Was it... Were you just taking every moment as it, as it came? Yeah, I just had a lot of hope for some reason and I was on my own quite a lot. I had some friends around me, but I think... I just had this fire inside me to get on with each day. And I don't know where it came and then from. She, and she'll be okay. Yeah. She's like, she's like a little warrior-like yeah. like mum. Because she shouldn't have even lasted. Like She should have died inside of me, really, oh, if that makes her. sense. So it was, yeah. it was strange how she survived for a month. Yeah, bless her. True so, little fighter. Yeah. You say in one of your books that um, the sun stands on its own and it still manages to shine every day. Yeah. How do you manage to shine every day from, from at this point all all of that that's gone on? I think a lot of inner work, inner work, healing, um, taking time for myself and really digging deep and understanding why things have happened and how my life has been and my childhood and generational trauma and just kind of making sure that I've worked on myself. So you're angry at any point for like the traumas that you've had? No, no, I'm not angry. Um, I think I'm more, when, when I used to, I used to be in victim mentality quite a bit, where I'd be yeah. like, why did, this, why did this happen to me? Yeah. But when you heal and you see life differently, you understand why that happened. So how did you heal? Because I feel like people will be watching and be like, tell me, tell me the answer. Like, how, how so, do I get better? Like, how do I stop being so, like, say, the victim? And I think it's time, right? It's time. So grief has no time frame anyway. It's sporadic. It comes in waves. Mm -hmm. But it gets easier a little bit. And for me, I meditate every night. I, I try and rewire my brain, my nervous system. Or my Who's taught you that? So loads of things, loads of research. So self-development books, yeah. um, courses. Um, it's neuroscience. So rewiring every part of my brain and every bit of my life to sh to show me that my self-worth is, is there yeah. and that I deserve a life of happiness. And it takes time. Yeah. But with binaural beats and meditation and journaling and yoga and exercise and healthy eating yeah. and good people around you, yeah. your mind just shifts perspective and you evolve. But so, you can stay in a place of lack and you can stay in a place of victim mentality and you can stay in a place of bad people around you drinking alcohol, numbing the pain yeah. through shopping, through sex, through drinking what drugs, whatever you want to choose. Or you can take a step out and do it do it the way, you know, how you can move forward. So, so from this self-healing, do you still enjoy, get to enjoy a glass of wine? <laughs> or is the wine in the, like, is the, wine in the cupboard in so, a way? <laughs> it's a funny thing. When my mum died, I drank a lot and I went out a lot. And looking back, that was my way of coping. Mm -hmm. So now I've got a little one. I don't drink half as yeah. much as I used to. Yeah. But if I do like a wine, one wine or two wines, yeah. but sometimes I don't just, just have two sometimes. though. I have to have three or four. <laughs> if it's Prosecco, I'll like, oh, have the whole bottle. <laughs> yeah. So I'm it's like, like no. flat tomorrow. Like, oh, I'll just no. carry on. <laughs> 
and my body, my body can't hack it anymore but I'm really into my fitness at the minute so yeah. it's just nice to feel up with a ref- wake up sorry with a refreshed mind and a clear focus yeah because if you start incorporating antidepressants sorry a depressant yeah like you're gonna feel shit anyway so have you ever taken medication yeah yeah, when I was pregnant with Zaya, I suffered with postnatal depression no, and prenatal depression yeah. because of Conci. Um, and a lot of feelings were brought up. And Absolutely. yeah, I was on antidepressants. I was going to say, like, kind of going through a pregnancy again, knowing that what you'd been through. Yeah, I was like, she's going to die, she's going like, to die, she's going to die. Anxi- yeah. like anxiety, through, anxiety through the roof. Yeah. Awful. Did the medication help? No. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, a little bit, a little bit, but... It, it, Were you meditating through the second pregnancy? I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a psycho bitch. I was, <laughs> I was, a, I was a psycho. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of suppressed feelings came up, and I was like severely depressed when I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, her dad was brilliant, helped me a lot um, throughout the pregnancy. But yeah, she's here now. She's an absolute nut job, <laughs> which is brilliant. It's kids as well for you, isn't yeah. it? Like, keeping you on your toes like every every day, yeah. every day. So how do you? find being a mum not having your mum around that was hard to grasp at the beginning because there'd be things like mum where are you help me when she's screaming at four in the morning yeah, and I'm on my yeah, own because yeah, yeah. her dad left when she was two months old so I did it all on my own um and I'd be like crying out for my mum it'd be the first person I'd cry out for um and I'd be like oh you haven't met her you know I wish you were here to see her Is she like mum just like her really? it's weird yeah certain things certain characteristics she's very sassy and fiery love that very sassy no 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 you know she's like no 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 and I'm like whoa and but I know my mum can see her and feel her you know yeah so I like that I like that bless her so just going back to baby Conce um so she sadly passes away in in hospital yeah. so she'd never lived a life out of hospital no I never got to hold her so Wow, never. No, they said at the end when she had died, I said no, no thanks. Just didn't feel right. No, couldn't mm. couldn't go there. I get that. So she's never, so she's never come home. So how was that? How was that leaving the hospital, knowing that you're leaving your little person behind, and you were meant to like ideal in an ideal world, you were meant to leave hospital with with her and start a new life as a mum. Yeah, mom. that was confusing and strange. I felt so much emptiness within me. But then also on the flip side, I never formed a bond with her because I didn't even hold her or feed her or breastfeed her. Mm-hmm. My milk was being put in a tube to feed her. feed her. So I never had that connection in that sense. Yeah. So it desensitizes you to being a mum anyway. Yeah. So you didn't feel like you were of I would have suffered if she survived, I would have suffered quite badly with some sort of trauma from me not connecting with her. That would have like fuck messed with my mind quite a lot you know yeah yeah I reckon I get that completely so you're in so you've left the hospital do you see her again afterwards in the morgue of Great Ormond Street and she looked okay-ish like in terms of how she looked like yeah because she had all the fluid had gone and she looked like her again so you never saw her in the funeral in the funeral home you only ever saw her once once to the funeral home when she had been embalmed yeah bless you so who planned the funeral then? So you've left, you're now yeah. in a... I guess your hormones are still all over the place. Like, you know, yeah, his... we level out until about six months no, after I having, know. having a baby, do we? No, my hair was falling That's out right. still, like, six months after she died. Milk Milk then. was coming out still, yeah. Bless you. Um, yeah, his side of the family just, just arranged it, yeah. Everything. And how are you with that now, knowing that they sorted it? Um, fine, yeah. You're at peace with that? Yeah, I'm at peace with that, yeah. 
Yeah, so she's laid to rest in a cemetery. Yeah, with her with her grandma on his side, yeah. which is nice. And yeah. do you visit her much? I try to sometimes. I've taken Zaya there a few times. Um, she's got a big sister. Yeah, but I think I don't find I don't find that much peace in going to a grave. It's interesting because everyone's yeah. so everyone's so different. Some people do, like some people do, and I remember when we were talking before we started filming. Like you've got mum in a little bit of jewelry, haven't you? So yeah. She's close, so she's yeah. close with you in that way. Um, Dad, is he laid to rest in his... He's in Sweden, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's buried in Sweden, so I haven't seen him in a while. So dad's in... <laughs> Mum, mum's... Mum's cremated, scattered on Brighton Beach, yeah. yeah. Got a bit of a necklace from her. So, like, all three people that are really close to you in laid to rest in three, three very, very different ways. Yeah. Does the grief ever merge? So do you ever feel a great sadness because of all three of them? No, so in fact, I feel... Quite a lot more protected because I can feel their energy and I feel like they're my little angels, you know, looking at looking down for me. And I've had quite a lot of good luck since I've died, yeah. <laughs> not in a in a yeah, in a strange way. Yeah. Like things have just kind of like the bad out, which is really now. strange because I'd love them to be here and see everything. Absolutely. Yeah, my yeah. life has I've changed completely and become a better person since they have died. Mental, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So, what self care tips would you offer to people to to make that journey better? I mean, I know that in your book you've said things like screen time, like limit screen time. Yeah. You're a strong believer in, strong believer in that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the first thing I do is I check the time when she wakes me up and then I'm like, damn, why did I do that? Because I can't go back to sleep. It's a blue light. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot of, like, you should have your own tools ready to hand for when you get triggered by things, when you feel anxiety or grief coming up. But the most important thing is to feel the emotions and not run away from it. Yeah. The only way to get through it is to feel it. Yeah. And um, that's why I did the beginning. I'd run away from how I felt. Um, so by using certain tools that you know will help you get through that emotion yeah. and feel it, I'd say that. But journaling helped me a lot. So journaling, so writing down all your emotions. Yeah, all writing your, down all everything. Feelings. Yeah, meditating, just closing your eyes, deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Getting a and cold shower. Yeah, yeah. Just for yourself, isn't it? 100%. Rather than getting lost in like that, the fast-paced world that we yeah. That we live in. And you also say that um, positivity is your superpower. Yeah, definitely. So that's one thing to like leave people with, isn't it? Yeah. Stay positive. Stay positive, but positivity has to come from a natural place as well. Because otherwise you're just, you're putting on a, on a, pl- a plaster yeah, over a yeah. wound and it's an act. So to become positive, one must figure out why one isn't positive. Yeah. So working through all these bits of trauma and navigating through every little bit and kind of opening up these plasters and dealing with the wound. Otherwise it's just going to get worse and it'll come out even... So when you were dealing with each one, did you start unravelling things that you didn't even realise were a problem? Yeah, 100%. And were you shocked by those things and thinking like, wow, I didn't even think that I was even bothered by exonation. But I'm talking about it and I'm now crying about it, for example. Or I'm, I'm journaling it and I'm writing it down, but I thought that that was... Yeah. ...dealt with. Yeah, definitely. Bless you. Okay, so if you could say, if you could have one more minute with mum, what would you say to her? I'd say, why didn't she tell me how to cook chicken curry? Because <laughs> no, because literally she used to cook. Yeah. <laughs> why didn't you ever teach me? But then I was a little twat. I used to be like, go away, mum, not bothered, you know? And she used to knock on my bedroom door and I'd be like, I'm busy. And I wish I'd just open the door and like, have a chat with her. And she'd didn't be like, mum oh, always right. used to say to you, though, like, 
I'm not going anywhere, I'm fine. Like, yeah, okay. all the time, all so the time. So then you've got this thing of like, yeah. you're always going to be here. You yeah. You can curry next week. Yeah, like, yeah. But <laughs> or the week after. You just don't know what life is, you know, it just changes. Yeah, massively. And if you had one more minute with baby Consie, what would you say to her? Or what would you want her to know? That she's a bigger sister, which is crazy because Zaya will go up to a photo and go, Daddy, and I'll be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she always goes up to it. And I'm like, it's your sister, sister. She just holds it and potters around with it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Put it back. And she smashes it. But she loves it. It's weird. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Does, um, is the photos of her all around the house? Do you yeah, have many a few. photos? Yeah. I didn't get too many of her because they, she just deteriorated really quickly. But there's a tube in a lot of her photos. But there are. There's a few around the house and my mum as well. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think um, this episode's been really powerful and impactful. I think a lot of people are going to connect with you on so many different levels from everything that you've been through. I think it's great that you still show up and you still smile. <laughs> and I think your social media is great and that you're giving people thank you. positivity in like so many thank different you. ways. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> and back over to Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, and, and and thank you, Marlin. Absolutely, brutally honest responses there. It was, you know, it was a really, really interesting episode. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, as always, please do like, share, and subscribe. If you have any questions, send them to liftingthelid at gseller.co.uk. We will always do our best to answer them for you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>